Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mudiwa Gavaza, and for today, we're going to be getting into a conversation, uh, you know, the type of which we, we have every once in a while, um, you know, with someone from the fund management fraternity, and we are going to be talking to Fiki, uh, who is uh, from uh, Satrix, to give us a little bit of insight into her journey, uh, one year uh, I believe, as uh, you know, in that role as a CEO of uh, Satrix, and we're going to be just talking about, um, you know, what that journey is, uh, some of the work that they are doing, you know, over at Satrix, and then also at the same time, you know, some of, uh, you know, the things that um, have either been uh, accomplished or she hopes to accomplish during uh, this particular tenure, and, uh, you know, what that is going to be. So for today, Fiki, uh, greetings to you. Greetings to you too, Mudiwa. As you say, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope this is going to be a fruitful and wonderful discussion. Now, certainly. Now, uh, previously, we've had a number of people on uh, on this platform from uh, what you call this, from Satrix uh, that have joined us um, in the past, uh, back in the day, I think uh, a couple of, about two years ago, I remember we had Kingsley Williams, who was chief investment officer over, uh, you know, at the time. And then we also, we've also had uh, uh, Nico Katzka, um, you know, who was a portfolio manager, you know, at the time, you know, just talking about, um, I remember with Nico, we spoke about cryptocurrencies, uh, uh, but with Kingsley, it was around the time that we were talking about, I think it was the launch of an ESG, um, yeah, it was an ESG ETF um, that Cetrix had uh, had just launched at the time. And, you know, so I kind of understand what Cetrix does, but maybe, um, you know, it's, it's rare to have a CEO of a company to tell you what the company does. So maybe we can start there. You know, when people say Satrix, um, as a CEO, you know, how do you describe what Satrix what does? Okay, so thanks for that. Yes, um, Kingsley and Nico are valuable members of the team. And I'm sure you had very fruitful and interesting discussions with them. So just about Satrix. Cetrix is an index um, provider. Um, what we do is um, we track indices around 45 markets, and we have about, about 160 portfolios. And uh, obviously, we track different um, indices. But I think to simplify it for you is that we provide access. Uh, we provide members or the men on the street with access to the market. And that's what we do. All right, cool. I like that, uh, you know, access to the market for the man on the street. I think that uh, gives us a little bit of insight. My my first encounter uh, with Satrix, way back in the day before I got into what I'm doing, we always knew Satrix from, uh, you know, some of the, the products that are listed um, uh, on the JSC, the ETFs and the like. That's what I've always, um, you know, known and understood, you know, from a Satrix point of view. But you've been in this role for about a year. Um, and, um, you know, on this platform, we like to talk to business leaders, you know, when we can. And it's always great, um, you know, to, to, to get those insights. But more than anything else, maybe a journey 
um, is is also valuable to understand. Uh, you know uh, what led to you getting to this point where you are the CEO, um, you know, of Satrix. So any highlights or any or anything that you could share with us just around uh, your journey in getting to this point? Yeah, thanks for that. No, you're right. We do track indices and we track them through different structures. And one of them is through exchange-traded ETFs. We also track them through segregated structures and also through unit trusts. So just in terms of my journey, um, yeah, it's been a long, what, 18 years. <laughs> I, <laughs> so I, um, I'll, I'll start off, I'll start off in, 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 in high school. I think that will bring into context in terms of how this was maybe even accidental, um, where, um, so I, I was born, uh, my parents are both educators and because of that, I didn't have a lot of exposure in terms of what, um, what career to take in the corporate um, sector. And I remember my accounting teacher who was a principal then said to me, you're very good at maths. So you need to take accounting and maths. And I knew I wanted to be different things uh, that make a difference, um, uh, that contribute towards making a difference. And I thought, oh, maybe I should try this and use this, uh, this accounting um, and maths uh, and use this towards making a difference. And uh, this is where um, I got, uh, this is where I am now. So I basically started um, in the asset consulting field. Um, uh, and I, I really enjoyed, I started as an analyst, but grew uh, and, and, and tried different, um, um, jobs because basically I didn't know, I didn't have a, a mentor and I actually didn't know, um, what was more suitable for me. So it was a matter of just trying and testing. And I found that I didn't enjoy being an analyst because, you know, you get to sit behind a desk and um, really you don't really um, feel or see the difference that you make. And when I got into asset consulting, I thought, hmm, this is very nice. I really enjoy this. Um, I can I get the chance to analyze, play with numbers and still communicate with my clients. And asset consulting really just involves creating a strategy for the client um, selecting different asset managers, investing um, 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 according to uh, the liabilities of the client, which is mostly pension funds, uh, pension fund members, and future um, 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 and future assets for um, for for the the members. And I really enjoyed that because I got to um, communicate with the clients and the members, we got to do member education sessions as well. So through time, I grew uh, very strongly into that asset consulting environment. And also I got to see the overall picture of the investment um, process. I was then approached by the Government Employees Pension Fund at the time, which is the largest um, pension fund in South Africa, if not in Africa. And there, I really got to make a difference, you know. It was about my mother's pension fund, my father's pension fund, my aunt's pension fund. I got to touch it and I got to feel it. 
And the exposure was phenomenal um, as well. So I was setting the strategy, um, discussing the mandate, creating a mandate for the different for different asset classes, and also implementation and also um, reporting as well. And in addition to that, I got to allocate um, funds on the enlisted side and private equity to different um, fund managers. So really enjoyed that. And when it was time to move to the next chapter of my life, it was quite difficult because uh, I didn't know what else I could do that would make a difference. And I think that's where the Citrix opportunity came up. And there, I think the making a difference part was really creating access, breaking barriers, entry barriers into the investment industry and um, getting the men on the street um, and giving them access to invest into um, our um, different indexation products. There's something that you said earlier on uh, when you first started out. You spoke about the fact that um, there wasn't a lot of exposure growing up. There was a teacher who identified your strength when it came to numbers, numeracy, that type of thing. What did you, when you went to at tertiary level, what did you qualify with? So I qualified with, um, oh, I. you mean what did I study? Yes. Okay, I studied um, financial accounting. Ah. Did, you, did you ever become a CA? No, <laughs> I, I didn't. Um, and I think it was mainly because I thought, you know, the process, articles, et cetera, et cetera, was just too long for me. <laughs> and so I decided I need to get yeah. um, to the working. Um, I need to start working. Um, I'm the firstborn child at home. There are a few siblings behind me. My parents have sacrificed a lot um, to get me where I am. I need to give back. And uh, that's how it happened. Um, at the moment, um, I've got my master's in finance. I'm studying towards my PhD, um, and the topic of my uh, my PhD is uh, private equity, firm performance, and economic growth in Africa. And it takes you back to the making a difference story. You know, how do we make a difference here in Africa and ensure that there is economic growth? You know, we've got a young population. Um, obviously, our market is not. Um, so fluid and liquid. How do we then um, attract investments in the private equity space that would contribute towards the growth um, of, of 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 our GDP in Africa? Okay, I'm gonna park the I'm gonna park the studies for a moment. I'm gonna circle back to it just now. But um, Satrix as a company, because you are hitting quite hard on the fact that it was it was an opportunity that you saw as being able to make a difference. Keen to understand from a metrics point of view how you decided to make the judgment to say, okay, cool, I can make a difference, you know, over at Satrix. So whatever metrics you you can share number of customers, funds, other management, whatever it is, simply because, like you said, you're coming from what is possibly the largest pension fund on the continent, right? So, you know, one wonders, you know, what in the Satrix universe actually attracts you to an opportunity like this? Yeah, it's it's about purpose, eh? Um, purpose in terms of 
making a positive impact in the financial services industry and also about personal experience. Um, For example, when I was growing up, um, my my dad was, my my parents were very much um, uh, um, uh, savings-based mentality. And so everything that they used to do, they used to make sure that they can uh, get it in cash. So it's, they would save money, have a goal, um, save money and use that to, to purchase that um, asset, whatever it is. Now, I think that had my parents invested the money, they would have created more wealth. And obviously there's a difference between saving the money and investing the money. Now, and subsequently, they did start investing the money, but had they knew then, um, they would have um, it w- things would have been different. And I think that's the narrative for many people in South Africa, if not in the continent. Um, limited exposure to and limited access to um, investments. I mean, South Africa, we've been democratized. We've had our democracy for how long now? Over three decades. And um, yes, we get, we have access to um, equal access to jobs, um, equal access to opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. But I find that there's still barriers to entry in terms of accessing um, investments, in terms of creating um, wealth, not only for yourself, but for the generation um, to come. So the metrics then would be the number of people that sign up the 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 increase in terms of um um flows um in, into the different investment products and also i think financial literacy i think is very key um as well mm. let's actually maybe drill down a little bit into that um you know simply because um i think it's quite clear you know the the that 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 uh, that purpose factor that you are talking about now what does that gap look like in South Africa, right? Uh, what, once again, it's a metrics question, but maybe to contextualize in someone's mind, you know, uh, when Figila is talking about the fact that um, had my parents invested their money um, as opposed to saving it, they could have done X, Y, Z. Um, right now, when you're making that judgment call, right, how do you communicate that, you know, maybe in numbers, you know, to someone to say, hey, guys, do you know that, out of a possible 5 million people that could be investing money, only 300,000 are doing so. Uh, yeah, that type of thing, just so that we can, you know, make it solid in someone's head, just, you know, how big of a problem this is. Mm. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think definitely the low savings culture environment um, in South Africa. And not only that, I think when savings do happen, um, um, it's the savings or investments to consume, <laughs> you know, it's not a, a long-term, um, um, op- uh, a long-term view. But I think that if one unpacks why one should consider investing, the first one would be um, the power of compound interest. So let's simplify it. For example, if you invest a hundred rands, today and you earn 10% in, in, in a year, you get to um, 
110, you it can actually, when you do earn a return um, or, um, uh, int or interest on, on your money, you're actually earning it on 110. And so your money compounds every year. The other one is um, actually um, what we call rule for the 72, which is a simpl simplifying uh, a simplified formula that really calculates how long it will take for your money to double in value. So for example, if you earn 10% per annum, you take the number 72 and you divide it by that 10% and that gives you about what, 7.2 years it will take for your money to double. So I think investments do require patience and you can literally um, double your money. How do you sell patience? Um, and the reason, I'm <laughs> the reason I'm asking that question is because um, I'm just thinking around um, from a financial literacy point of view, we've actually explored this topic quite a bit, talking to a number of financial planners on this platform. And they always tend to be a number of common themes. For example, um, the fact that in a lot of cases, people just don't know you know, what their money could possibly do for them. And then in certain cases, you also find that some people are just, I'm just going to drill on the black communities for now and saying black communities, people aren't having, you know, that many robust conversations around money in households, you know, so you have, you know, that as an issue. And then on the other side of that, you also have, I think the, the, the last one is just simply the fact that we live in a society, at least with our youth, where people want that instant gratification. Someone wants like a big deal, you know, that will give them, you know, 10 million rand all at once. Uh, and uh, now Fikile is giving us formulas where someone has to sit and wait for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess it's just uh, a question just around, um, you know, when you're educating people, uh, financial literacy is one thing, but getting people to buy into the financial literacy is, I can imagine that that's uh, quite a mountain to to climb. Mm. So I think the the issue of, of patience is, is very much linked to perhaps instant gratification. Um it, it's very important that when you do take money aside, you actually take money aside that you are able to sort of forget. <laughs> because, I mean, we understand it's a tough economic environment. Interest rates are high. Inflation is high. And so um, if you do put away money, make sure you put away money that you can, you know, not even um, think about it. and. What is very interesting and very um, uh, important about Cetrix is that we have a no minimums platform. So basically, we don't have a minimum that um, you can um, uh, uh, contribute to in order to access our platform, which is CetrixNow.co.za. And so even if it's 100 rand, right, that's okay. Um, you can take that money aside um, and and and. Um, and uh, contribute um, on a monthly basis. In terms of robust discussions, which is very much linked to um, the no minimums issue, is that I think once you start 
contributing, you know, once you start putting your money away, you start getting interested in the different products that you can invest in. You start learning about, you know, um, what is what is a share versus what is an ETF? What is a balanced product versus what is an equity ETF? And what risk um, do I take, et cetera, et cetera. On the other side, from a robust um, conversation perspective, I really think that sometimes you can even, as friends, um, maybe invite a financial planner uh, or someone who's exposed to investments to come and talk um, to you and your friends um, about um, about it while you um, uh, maybe um, you know having a get together. I think that that's um, constructive, right? And so, yeah, those those are my points. I don't know if there was another question that you asked that I seem to have missed. missed. No, I think you you attacked all three of them because I I mentioned the patience factor. I mentioned uh, robust discussions in 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 some of the families, and then lastly the instant uh, instant gratification, um, which is uh, which is a huge issue, and it, and I think it's a huge issue at least amongst my generation and those below. You know, uh, young people. You know, and I don't think this is even uniquely South African. I think around the world, you know, everyone is looking for a quick fix. Everyone wants a buck today and you know even what you said just now about having the type of money that you can sort of have sit and forget uh i know that a lot of people will just be shaking their heads like ah Fikili, what are you <laughs> saying <laughs> look, look if you can forget about your pension fund contributions right mm. Mm. you can forget about additional uh contributions that you make towards your invest investments it, it takes a mindset yeah. It's a goal, you know. If you know I have a goal, um, in the next 10 years, this is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to do with it. Um, then, you know, you have to try and forget about it. Otherwise, you you are going to go in there and you're going to break your, your goal. No, it certainly makes sense. It certainly makes sense. Now, in this last part of uh, the, the 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 conversation, being cognizant of uh, of Fikile's time, I'm just going to maybe round up the discussion, uh, focusing a little bit of on youth, because we started today's discussion talking about your journey, Fikile, um, in terms of uh, you know how you ended up. Um, you know where you are now, leaning into your strength on the on the on the on the math side of things. You know, getting into um, some of the asset management, asset consulting, getting into GEPF, and then now you know being uh, over at Satrix. And the question I'm gonna ask is: it's a tough one, but I'm very interested in your thoughts. For a young person, right? Um, some people would like to say, "Oh, what would you tell yourself if you if you could talk to your seventeen year old self?" But my question is just more about, you know, if you are talking to a seventeen year old today, right, who is at that matric stage, who is thinking about what do they do at tertiary level, how do they future proof themselves, right, and they may be interested in the sector that you are in, right. How do you think they should proceed? And 
I like the fact, this is once again me circling back to accounting because I asked you what you studied earlier on. You're an accountant and one of the things that uh, you find um, in South Africa is that a lot of South Africa CEOs, at least in the listed space, tend to be accountants. And this thing has always fascinated me because in places like the United States, you have lawyers, you have a lot of lawyers and a lot of your marketers uh, tend to be um, the people that end up being um, what you call this your 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 CEOs, um, and then your 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 finance guys are tend to be you know your chief economists, your CFOs, and the like. But in South Africa, a lot of your CEOs are accountants. So when you're talking to that young person, maybe we could say, what is it about accounting that you think has helped you to be where you are today? Right. When you think when you're sitting and you're thinking about all through your experience and you're like to someone, I think maybe accounting will give you a good foundation. You know, do you agree with that statement or not? <laughs> so I well, I might be a bit biased towards accounting, but I think there are other degrees that one could study towards. I think law, I think um uh, um, finance, investments, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? Engineering. Um, I think accounting for me gave me the ability to be analytical, um, really to analyze. Also, I love the problem solving of it, you know? Um, and also I think being analytical, problem solving mixed with strategy, really, and also emotional intelligence, eventually then would take you towards a more um, senior role. Equally, I think that purpose behind what you study is more important because when you are purposeful, you are much more passionate and you are much more able to provide a solution um, to into, into the industry. So I think the youth, what when when they're considering um what to study, um, is that I know it's difficult. I mean, when you're 17, you don't really <laughs> want to talk about purpose, but you know, um really try to navigate towards what your purpose is and what makes you um, um, want to get up and, 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 and do something. I think that's more important. Mm. Yeah, and that's really great. And I think it, it, it helps us, um, you know, to round up our discussion very well. Quick follow-up. Um, and I think once again, it ties everything together is, does being an accountant or being in the field that you're in necessarily mean that a person is going to be good with their own money. We've actually spoken to a number of fund managers around this and there seems to be that dichotomy. Some people say that if you that people in the sector are much better at managing other people's money than their own money whereas other people say no it's fine me I'll take the formulas that I that I know professionally and I've been able to build my own portfolios and you know all of that since the discussion today has been uh, centered around this whole theme around uh, how do you grow your wealth yeah 
So I think the fact that, you know, um, as an accountant or being in this uh, space, you have more exposure to um, knowledge on investing and creating wealth. It puts you a step ahead um, compared to, say, for example, a doctor who's more used to, um, um, you know, being a, being a doctor on a daily basis. So there is that um, advantage in terms of one being a step ahead. And I think the other thing is is perhaps the the fascination and the respect that one has um, with money. <laughs> I think, you know, um, um, that also contributes um, towards uh, one being a, a step ahead. But also importantly is is risk. You know, how does one uh, look at risk on a personal basis? And I think that also determines your relationship with uh, money as well. All right. So that uh, brings us to the end of this discussion. We were talking to uh, Fiki Lembokota, who is the CEO over at Satrix. A very fascinating conversation, just uh, talking about uh, the state of um, investing and saving in South Africa. And uh, one of the things that she was you know, talking about earlier on is the fact that um, trying to make um, the issue of investments as accessible uh, to the everyday person is something that you know attracted her you know to this specific role in been the role for about a year now and you know over the last year she says that uh, you know those have been some of the big things uh, because um, at least you know from a satrix level one of the things that they are trying to encourage is obviously financial literacy let's get more and more people to understand how how they can actually invest their money and some of the options that are out there but also at the same time you know in practicality it's one thing to say that you have these options available but quite something else to actually make it happen so on their side they're saying you can get into any of our products um you know without uh, without a base uh, without a base amount yeah, yeah yeah without a base amount or a minimum amount and you know she then says that you know once you get started you know, usually that's one of the ways that you can spark your interests. And hopefully those are the things that you then take, um, you know, to your friendship circles that you can take to the dinner table, you know, that you can share with your families. And hopefully all of that can help us to have better and more robust conversations as a community around money. Um, because she does have that personal story that she gave earlier on to say, my parents will save us, but had they invested their money, they likely could have done more with it, especially um, when you think about the power of compounding and how time you know uh, does work its magic um, when it comes to things like investments and we did spend a bit of time talking about time and patience because it does take quite a bit of discipline to get people to understand the fact that some of these things are not going to happen over time um, she gave us that formula um, I'm just going to allow her to repeat it again because I think it was a key piece um, I think you said uh, the part you said it's the rule of 72 yeah. um, and then Yes, and then you divide by ten, I believe. So uh, you, you take seventy-two and you divide it by the num the return that you expect yes. from a different um, from a product. And so, if it's ten yeah. percent, is seventy-two divided by ten, and that's how yeah. long it will take for you to double your money. Okay, so it's about uh, yeah, it's about doubling money, and I think you know going forward, uh, I am keen to get 
you know into even other discussions um uh, you know with with fikile you know around all of these because there's so many facets i think even just uh, just we could spend an entire hour talking about mindsets you know just mindset on its own i think that could be a whole discussion because volatility in the market as far as i'm concerned is usually a matter of uh, a matter of mindset when you see a whole bunch of panic selling that's a mindset people are all panicking in the market how do you um you know how do you get over some of those things and um i think there was a, a point she mentioned earlier on about emotional intelligence, um, which I think, you know, also feeds in quite well into this discussion. And then obviously ending off talking about uh, the value uh, that uh, a qualification like accounting can give, um, you know, to someone and the type of value that is being given to her, especially around uh, understanding money and um, being able to understand strategies and being analytical. So that's been us, Fikile. Thank you so much for being with us today thank you so much for the time i think the time just went by so quickly (laughs) (laughs) no thank you so much for being with us And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from myself and the rest of the team it is a good evening good afternoon and good morning